Yeah, that's why I'm starting the record button because people need to know. People. People. Someone's going to get upset. You people need to know. That's right. You people. And I mean that in the most <laughs> vulgar, disgusting use of the word you people. <laughs> Putting hot sauce on your food. Wearing tuxedo t shirts. <laughs> With leather jackets. Man, I no shame in it. I'm probably going to have to put that photo up now because I took a picture of it in the mirror in the hotel room that I was in. Yeah. I did it in like the most retarded way. Like, you know, like I posed like it was a. What was that one Motley Crew cover, Too Fast for Love, that's just like the hand right next to the really tight pants? By the way, I found really tight yellow pants, so I wore those too. One of my buddies said, you look like the man in the yellow hat with a leather jacket on from Curious George. He's like, you look like Curious George's owner with a leather jacket on. I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's, that is a picture that I can't see, apparently, for everybody who watches this later. I can't see Steve at all. I'm really sorry for that. I'm going to have to figure that the hell out because that's... I feel, I feel like I'm having a podcast with someone who left their lens cap on. I definitely <laughs> didn't. I can see myself in this. Yeah, It's just super is... awkward for me because now I feel like I feel like I'm in a video or like a conference call and I'm the only person that put their video on. <laughs> Well, when this does come out and you can see it, you'll be like, hey, oh, look at that. That's what that idiot looks like. That tuxedo t shirt. You're going to be like, I'm going to need me one of those. Yeah. I'm going to need me one of those. So, as I was, I was, I was like, when, when you guys asked me to do this, and obviously you reached out and you were like, here's, here's a sample, right? Just so, just in case you want to run. <laughs> or whatever you said. Of course, I watched it, and you—I don't remember the name of the gentleman you had on. That very quiet gentleman, um, <laughs> who he had that that neat fact about twenty-two people a year a year die from cow attacks, and I feel like that is a really amazing statistic. It is. More people yeah. die by cows worldwide than sharks. Yeah. And it's crazy, right? And I w mm -hmm. felt so proud of that. I put that up on Twitter, X, whatever. And then a Canadian asked me, and I was like, you know what? I should know that because now I live in Canada. I should know how many, not really my countrymen, I'm still, you know, <laughs> from the States. But now that I reside here, I want to know how many Canadians die a year. And that I could not find that statistic, but I did divided it by population, right? Because um, the U.S. dwarfs yes. Canada by population, right? By the population, 3.14 people a year die in Canada. So, pi. Pi people die <laughs> in Canada a year. By From cows. From cows. And I just think that's weird. That's like... That's like the gates to hell open, 2.14, you know. So you're high. basically proving South Park correct that Canada is the Antichrist and they're going to start World War III. According to uh, how many people die by a cow attacks here a year, yes. 
Nice. So what part of Canada are you in? I am in, uh, dude, I'm like right across the river from Ottawa. So technically, technically I'm in Quebec. Okay. So that's an adventure. That is, that is, that's an adventure all in itself being a very, very, I can barely speak Spanish guy from the U.S. coming (laughs) to a place where not like they don't like to speak English. (laughs) Even though it's, it's an English speaking country. It's, it's very strange. It is very strange where it's like, like most people here speak English, but they like the, the premier. It's kind of weird. Like, so my provinces here kind of like States, right? Yeah. Governor of the state. So the, the premier of the province of Quebec is very anti Anglophone. So like, they're trying to like get all English speaker speakers to get the hell out. Right. So they're passing a whole bunch of like pretty racist laws or whatever. It's not racist, but English speakers are not a race, but they hate English speakers to, so it's like they're passing. So if you go into a government building, they will no longer speak to you in English. Right. So even though Canada has the law that they have to be dual Francophone and Anglophone, in government buildings right so they like yeah. so now they won't even hire people that to speak to that speak english in quebec for government positions right so going to the dmv right which right. oh this is awesome this is like super awesome so the dmv here is called the saaq so i i don't know probably something something automobile quebec right and the liquor store right. here is the saq <laughs> So minus one A, like you combine these two, you're in a world of trouble anyway. (laughs) So like they will only speak English to you if you have a, um, a card that says you're, you're exempt. Right. Like, but (laughs) so I, I don't obviously have a card saying I'm exempt, but my passport said, oh, this guy's exempt, which was nice because I was like terrified because I had to go get my when I when I drove my truck up from Colorado, and I still had my Colorado plates. You know, obviously my registration expired. I like I had to, I had to import my truck and all that. And I had to get Quebec plates. So I was like dreading going to the DMV or whatever. But they're like, you need two forms of identification, brought my my driver's license from Florida <laughs> and my, <laughs> and my uh, passport. And they're like, okay, you're exempt. Like they just looked at it right away. I'm like, okay. I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> Cause I was so worried. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't speak, you know, we, there we go. But I know like a few words in French and one of them is croissant and I'm sure I slaughter it to them. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's super strange too, because so there's the Quebecois accent. Mm-hmm. which is very strange for my for my time here like like france like france de france i think is how they pronounce it it would be we oui, right like everybody's heard right. the french say we oui. here it's one right so like yeah. like if you it almost sounds like a duck like if you're really really annoyed and saying yes in quebecois that's one and so it's very strange. So it's like, like, 
it's just it's it's like the same language but it's very the dialect is so different from like someone from like a parisian accent to uh quebecois yeah oh, no, i do uh i do travel for work i do environmental cleanup and we had oh, wow. a we had a site in northern quebec in a Seguini, I believe was the name of the place. It's like way the fuck up there. It's like the last outpost of civilization from the guys that went up there. I couldn't get in because of NAFTA. Oh, okay. Like, according to NAFTA, I'm just a laborer. So they had to like prove that a Canadian laborer couldn't do my job. And I got, I got to argue with the border police a bunch of times <laughs> and it didn't go in the company's favor. That's yeah. a different story. <laughs> But uh, the one of the guys not... that used to work with us, he is from like Northern Africa originally, like one of the French colonies, moved to okay. France, spoke French, like his family moved here. And then like, you know, we hired him like straight out of college. Great kid. Yeah. Like solid guy that I liked. And uh, he went up to that site and like he came back and like he was telling me and like a couple other people was like, they don't speak French there. I'm like what? I'm like he had oh, to explain it all to me. I'm like, oh, okay. Wait, they, they, they were like, if it's that for, I'm, I'm assuming it was like indigenous, right? Well, he like spoke like French, 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 right? Oh, okay. So French from was, France. Okay, so it was Quebec. And he like, yeah, he described it as like pig French, okay. like. Ooh. Like it'd be like a lower form, like so. It's like how people from England think of Southerners talking. He's like, yeah, kinda. <laughs> I'm like, interesting. Oh wow. I see. I, I <laughs> I've never I've never heard a person from England describe a Southerner saying that. Wow. Well, that's interesting. I mean, think of a person from England talking to like a Southerner. Like, right. I don't know if I want to go with like. Bayou, because Bayou Southerner is more French, so right. I'm just going to go with a classic, like, Southern draw. Georgia, North Carolina. Yeah. Because well, so I, I spent a lot of time living in North Carolina, and whew, okay. there are some accents you got to learn there. Right. My, uh, when, I, when I was living in Kentucky, there was the chair. Right chair? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was... I, I always got a kick out of that when I when I lived in the South because it was the wherever I was whatever small town, they acted like the the locals acted like there was like one location for the thing like it was the only like the it was the Walmart yeah <laughs> like it was the only one in the world <laughs> they talk like, like that in my hometown in New York State really yes. Well, Wait, it's not sorry. just my town. Like the Buffalo, New York area refers to things as that. So I ninety, which goes through it, is the ninety. Dude, we and should like, have done this in person. That's like that's like a hop, skip, and a jump from where I'm at. I'm also in Alabama for work right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're on the road. Yeah, wow, you do podcasts from the road. Yeah. Oh wow. No, I figured it out. You got you got that the all classy setup. That doesn't allow your guests to look upon your. <laughs> I'm gonna have to figure that one out because, like, <laughs> I just bought a new webcam because I don't like the one that's on my laptop. Like, it just makes me look grainy and bad. Yeah. So, 
I'm like, so I just bought that. And like, I don't know. So I'm gonna see if like, I do switch if you can see. So fucking this, primarily, this is like a military podcast, right? Primarily, it's just me trying to enjoy myself. It just so happened I picked all of my buddies who I was in the military with, or well, there's one guy who I went to high school with who's my really good friend, and he okay. also went military. Oh, okay. But also I did one really good friend of mine who's I've known forever since we were like four. And if you were to look at me and him, he is a big giant dude. Okay. Right? Big happy hippie dude. And I'm this short little muscular metalhead. And he know he like moved out to Washington or not Washington, Oregon, because you know, weed's legal out there. Lived in a bunch of weed legal states. And then New York started doing the it's gonna legalize things. So he moved back because he wanted to get in on the industry here. And he was telling me about it. And I was curious because it's my state. Yeah. I'm like, I wanna know. No. And then my girlfriend's roommate is also kind of in that wheelhouse. And, but she's also a vegan who is like hardcore into like food health and like how the food is killing you. And you should like look for this, this, and that. So I did one with her too, because like I was just super interested and she got into it because she used to live out in Colorado and she was messing around on an ATV and had an accident with a severe brain injury and used food and weed to heal herself. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she, like, got off all the hardcore meds that they had her on to, like, keep her regulated and normal. And, like, she got herself off, and she's doing great. Oh, that's great. Well, good for yeah. her. That's that's exciting. Mm -hmm. The medicinal... Uh, I've, I've heard, uh, you know, a lot of people... The medicinal use of like proper nutrition and all that of like people that like i have one friend that uh got cancer and then he's just like going on he just juiced and he was like he would juice all his vegetables and everything like that and like it went into remission nice yeah but yeah. or watch him he was lying to me and he never had cancer and just was like in a juicing fat <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a hell of a thing to lie about. But you never know. I mean, <laughs> we weren't that close. Wait, like I said, he was fr we're friends for the podcast sake, but he was more like an acquaintance. Yeah. Well, it's like in the '90s and like the '80s when all those fitness ladies were like, you know, looking hot in the leotards and stuff, and they're like selling their infomercial VHS tapes of whatever, and like just do this exercise and you'll look like me. It's like pretty sure you're getting lipo, lady. There's no way. <laughs> Which was also the plot of uh, that one Reese Witherspoon movie where she's a ditzy blonde lawyer. Lily Blonde? Yes. Yeah. Is Reese Witherspoon still alive? Did she die? I do believe so. Okay. I don't know who I'm thinking of. but Jane Fonda? No, I know John Jane Fonda's still alive. Sadly. <laughs> um, well, okay. How about this? Because you, the military podcast, and me being kind of a military, like I don't know anything about it. 
what's one surprising fact that you would tell a non-military person about being in the military? Boot camp is the easy part. Really? Yes. Oh, see, you blew my mind. Because that's yep. that's what that's like all the movies show military where it's like they just yell at you, drill sergeant yells at you, and it's hell. Yeah, it's so full metal jacket like really sold that one. Yeah. And like a lot of movies have tried to play off that ever since. And you do know that the guy who played the senior or the main drill instructor in that movie actually was a drill instructor. Right. So, you know, he's a very famous Marine, Arlie Ermey. And, uh, yeah, he, he just went with it. Stanley Kubrick let him and like, he just did that. But uh, yeah, I would say that it was the easy part. Cause if you know how to like shut your mouth and do what you're told yeah, and do it faster and then realize that they're always going to nitpick something and like they're just trying to create stress. It's an artificial stress environment. Mm. So they're just trying to create stress. And then the other thing they're really trying to teach you is how to properly wear the uniform. Like they want you to look good in uniform more than they want anything else in boot camp because it's about like strictness and standards. So that's what they're teaching you. They're not actually teaching you how to fight or anything. It's very wonderful brainwashing. I learned so much about Marine Corps history that I did not know existed. Um, and then, and there's actually a ton of it. And yeah, it's, and as soon as you like get done with it after three months in the Marine Corps, two months in the army and army and Navy's two months, I think air force is like six weeks, but Oh, and I can't forget the Coast Guard. My buddy will get mad at me. I don't forget how long theirs is. Probably close to two to three months, somewhere in there. They actually yeah. have the second hardest. Yeah, the, the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard? Really? Oh, yeah. Coast, Coast Guard is the second hardest. What about Space Force? They go to Air Force boot camp. Okay. Because <laughs> the Air Force or the Space Force is a part of the Air Force. So they're using a lot of Air Force stuff until they can stand up more on their own. Because I don't even know if they have more than 10,000 people yet. I was literally wondering, like, the other day, I'm like, whatever. Is that still a thing? Like, was that? It is still a thing. They're okay. in charge of satellites, Space Command, and all that stuff. Okay. Like, it makes sense why they split them off. Does it? Okay. Yes. They split them off to um, focus on that core competency so the Air Force can focus on their core competency, which is air superiority, instead of having to do air superiority and space superiority. So they can both just focus on those things. And then all the other branches had like very small outcroppings too of like that space command thing. Right. So they just pulled everyone from that and put them in there. So there's like people that would have been in the Marines or the Navy space command area. Like if you were to think about it, like uh, an intelligence community. So like everyone has their own little intelligence, military intelligence things. Like if they were to take them all and just make a military intelligence force, right. that's pretty much what they did with space force. Okay. All right. Well then, okay. So sorry. I'm like, I know this is usually with these, like, 
the guest gets all the questions, but I have so many then. <laughs> you don't away, mind. Like, imagine yeah, for, for the layman out there. So then if boot camp is the easy part. Yes. Then what is the hard part? So after boot camp for the Marine Corps, I'll speak to this because I know it. Then you get one week off and then you go back to training for a month. And if you're infantry, you go to the school of infantry where you learn how to do that. Walk around with a heavy pack and shoot guns. Okay. If you're any, if you're anything else, you go to Marine combat training where you get a condensed version of that. Okay. So that if any given time something bad happens, you cannot say, I didn't know what to do. And like, basically the line is every Marine is a rifleman. That gives you the right to say every Marine is a rifleman. Okay. A lot of people would disagree with that. Uh, and wait, well, okay. So when you say like infantry, but what else? Like the Marines are—that's crossover, right? Because you also do water. We come in on water, but okay. the other thing you probably don't know is that the Marine Corps is not their own branch. Okay. See, I didn't know that. No, I. They are, the Marine Corps is a department of the Navy. Oh, yeah. Okay, so then, because so, then, because you hear about like the Navy SEAL program, yes, right? that and is then a Marine. So can can Navy SEALs also be Marines? Mm, I think if a Marine wanted to join the Navy SEALs, because we have our own Special Operations Command and the Marine Raiders. Okay. So that's MARSOC, Marine Special Operations Command. They go to the Raiders. Okay. And the Navy has their own, the SEALs. So if you wanted to join the SEALs, you'd have to wait for your enlistment to end, join the Navy, and then get into the SEAL pipeline. <laughs> oh, wow. So this is like way more, so this is way more detailed than. The, uh, any layman would ever know, I would assume, because I one I didn't know that it wasn't its own branch, mar being the Marines. So the Marines, it is, but it is, isn't. Okay. Yeah. Like, so it's but it's all Navy. But so like then what's the I, what's the specialization of a Marine versus of a SEAL? Like a general infantry Marine. I don't know. Well, That's why I'm saying I don't the know. The Marine Corps literally has everything. Okay. I didn't even work on ground side, which is like tanks, artillery, um, motor transportation, infantry, or anything like that. I was in the air wing. I worked on aircraft. Okay. <laughs> to see, so to me, I'd be like, so the Air Force, but that's not true. No. So you've seen Top Gun, right? Uh, maybe. You're, you're at least mildly I've aware of the movie Top Gun. I've definitely played the, the song. <laughs> Even better. All yeah. right, so you know that there's aircraft carriers, right? Oh, uh, yes. All right, so those aircraft carriers, they can hold a bunch of aircraft. Okay, right. Some of those are Navy aircraft. Some of them are Marine aircraft. Well, they can also hold a shit ton of people. Right. And... All of those people are um, 
a lot of Navy, and then they'll just pack a bunch of Marines on it, too. It's called a Marine Expeditionary Unit. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so that's how they, like, they're like, oh, we got, like, yeah. So okay. they're like, we got, like, five ships parked off the coast of Yemen right now, or whatever they got because of the Houthis. And, uh, you know, there's, like, a Marine Expeditionary Unit on board. Like, just waiting to be like, let me at them, because I just missed the last war, and I'm ready for this one. A bunch of little 18 to 22-year-old kids who are just bloodthirsty and ready to get after it. <laughs> I'm away from home. I need something to do. Let me shoot something? Well, they're sitting on a boat, not able to drink, sitting in those... Uh, you have to look it up. It's called a coffin rack, the Navy rack system inside oh, birthing. Right. It's like three racks high. Like you can barely turn over in it. And then like you have to lift up the thing to get it into your storage area. And you can like trap your friends in there. It's fucked up, but fun uh, <laughs> until it happens to you. And yeah, so they're just like bored off their ass, sitting in birthing, like done watching all their movies. Like, you can only smoke at certain times in certain areas on the ship. And they're like, you're not allowed to dip on here. And by God, every Marine is dipping there too. Like they are like, so they're just going nuts going, let me off and let me kill something. Ah, uh, well, unless they go on a port call. And then the really fun thing is, oh, fuck, what country was it? And it happened a few years ago. So they dropped a ship full of Marines off on port call if it was Ireland or Iceland, and they drank the capital out of booze. <laughs> ah, it's like 70,000 tons. They ran out of booze before they left port. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That actually happened? Yeah, I think that was the first year. Oh, they learned their lesson quick then. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> No, I was looking at going to the one this year, and I'm also vehemently opposed to cruises. And then it sold out in like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not going. Is I mean, I didn't even see. I'm so out of the loop with that stuff. I didn't even know everything. Anything was on sale yet. <sighs> I was thinking about it because it's been a while since I've seen Lamb of God, and I'm like, I want to see Lamb of God again. That sounds great. Yeah. Because I didn't on the Lamb of God boat. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, they have their own crews now. Oh, I thought they were on 70,000 tons of metal. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, no, I did, like I said, I, I don't really pay attention to, to 70,000 tons, but uh, yeah, I'm I'd be, I mean, maybe they just really like cruises, but yeah, they have their own. They had the Lamb of God boat last year. That'd be so cool to see. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to pay to see them with Pantera. I'm like, that's too much money. How much are tickets for that? So, I know my buddy went over the summer. He saw them in Virginia Beach, and I forget the absurd amount that he paid. And I'm like, no. <laughs> there's see, there's a cap because like there was a. I remember when Rush came around and it, they were playing at Red Rocks, and I'm like, oh, I really want to go to that show. But it was like, I think it was like 130 bucks. And, you know, I'm a broke musician. So that's immediately, I'm like, no, I'm not, not going to do it. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's just too much. So if it's like, I, which now I'm like, maybe I would, 
maybe and I'm older now, you know, I, I work more regularly now that I, you know, we've had some time off the road. So I'm like, okay, I could possibly do that. But there were, but I don't know, like, what's the, what's the level of, of acceptability for what's the max you would pay to get a Depends on the undercards of the band too. And how far away it is. Okay. So like, I live near Buffalo, and by near, I mean I'm an hour away. Okay. So Buffalo's the easiest place to get to, but Cleveland and Pittsburgh are easy to get to, too. Mm. They're just a couple more hours. Right. So yeah. I catch a lot of shows in Pittsburgh this year because there was nothing good anywhere else, which actually made me very happy because I found some great venues. One was in an old church, saw Between the Buried and Me there. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Those are good guys. I'm fucking glad they are. Like, they played my favorite album in its entirety, the uh, Parallax 2 future sequence. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that, that was a fantastic show, and uh, Rivers from Nile opened up for him, and I love Rivers from Nile also. And at that show is when I found out they. <laughs> well, at that show is where I found out that they, they don't have their lead singer anymore. I'm like, why is the bass player singing? Oh. Yeah, well. <laughs> Some guy next man to tell me. I'm like, oh, okay. I Adam yeah. wrote it all. Adam writes it all anyway. So when I heard, I was just like, sings half the set anyway. Um, and he writes yeah. it all. I'm sure it'll be fun. <laughs> and it was. Well, I was confused because my girlfriend, who's not into heavy metal, but she just likes to follow me around things. She likes country. So okay. she just wears earphones and like I'll hand her like, some food and she'll just like eat and like enjoy herself and like she says with the earphones in like it sounds a lot like country i'm like well they're both blues based so that makes sense hmm. she's like i prefer the guy who's singing the clean vocals i'm like the bass player used to sing the clean vocals what's going on here <laughs> or i mean also the drummer does the cleans yeah too. yeah <laughs> yeah no i was just like so confused. Then somebody had to tell me, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Mm. So, okay, so what was the best show you saw this year? Rogier, Mastodon, and Lorna Shore. Oh, okay, cool. And that, those ones, I think, were probably close to $100 tickets. Okay. With those three bands, but, that makes sense. Yeah. And I also saw the Gojira Mastodon thing when they did it 10 years ago with Keller Talk. Okay. That one was awesome, too. But yeah, this year, I'd have to say Gojira and Mastodon with Lauren Shore. It's fantastic. I actually don't didn't know they toured, they toured uh, previously together. Yeah, it was about 10 years ago. Ah. The, so the they did friends. it once, and then they came, they came through Buffalo. They did it once, and then that tour was so successful, they announced another run of it. And they came through all the places that they didn't hit because everyone was just like, we really want to see it. Oh, okay, cool. So it's just another leg, basically. Yeah, but it was like the following year they did another leg. Okay, yeah. Because it wasn't like, oh, yeah, it's April now. What are we going to do for May? It was like, well, we're already booked for May, so I guess we'll book one for next year. Yeah, take, some t take a little bit of time off. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, I really enjoyed that because Gojira was fantastic. Like they were such a good live band. I, oh actually, it's God. weird. Like I think Gorgira, Like there's a I, two bands come to mind that I think are better live than on recording. Gorgira is one of them, and Dying Fetus. Yeah. Dying Fetus is another one that I I'm just like man, they're just so. Like I, I just don't think that the energy is captured. It can't be captured on audio. Like just the, in li- in the live setting, Gorgira and D- Dying Fetus like are just they're better than their albums. I uh, I don't know about Dying Fetus because I haven't seen them live. Pretty sure they're coming to Buffalo soon. They're worth the I I they're crazy. Like it's it's weird because I had. Or maybe it's that because I had seen them live before I ever listened to them on tape. But when I did listen to, you know, their albums, I'm like, man, this doesn't hold a candle to their live show. I'm going to have to check that out then because this is really strange. I don't like a lot of, like, traditional death metal. Oh, okay. Like, I like some Cannibal Corpse songs, but, like... I don't know, like the new cattle decapitation, the last couple capital cattle decapitations I've liked. Like yeah. I don't know what it is about them. They got like great groove, all that stuff. Fucking love them. They're phenomenal. Yeah. But like the new Sanguasugabog, listen to that, and I'm like I mean, I know it's technically proficient, it just does nothing for me. I, I actually have never listened to that band. I've never been it's... able to read their logo either. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, I've, I, I've heard, like, obviously, I've heard great things, but uh, yeah, I've never heard them. They're, I mean, they're like another old school, like uh, th- old school throwback band, right? Yeah, they're one of the old school throwback death metal bands, That's and cool. they're technically proficient. They're really good. Like, I sent it to like some of my friends that are like, you know, they're into that. Like, that's yeah. their thing. I'm like, is this like? I've heard good things about this. Like, yeah, this is really good. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> cool. I, I, think, I think we played a couple festivals with them, but we played on different days. So I never. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think Milwaukee was. Milwaukee Mountain Fest? Yeah. This okay. past year. I think they played on a different day. But, yeah. but good for them. They're like they got some uh, hype around them, which is good. So how hard is it to get hype as a new band? I don't know. You were in a band <laughs> once. I mean, I do. I, timing, timing is everything. Like sometimes, it's just like they just they came out at the right time with the, yeah. the old school death metal resurgence, and they just do it really well, and they're just riding that wave. And, you know, and people are just like loving them. It's great. You know, I think there's a couple bands that are like Undeath and like Frozen Soul are kind of riding that wave too. I just believe you on that one. I don't know them. Which which band? I don't know either of them, Undeath or Frozen Soul. Yeah, Undeath's really good. I like Undeath. I'm uh, I'm actually really excited for next month. The new job for a cowboy and the new Esonic records. Uh the new job for cowboys really really good. 
the two songs that I've heard, I'm just stoked. Yeah. No, the whole album like, is really, really good. Yeah. You've heard it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I play with the bass player in another group, and uh, they were mixing oh. it when we were in the studio doing our album. And, uh, and yeah, I think I was like, I think the first song, I was like, that's your first single. <laughs> <laughs> that, that everybody heard and, I, and they're like really i'm like dude that song is that's it and i yeah well so I that's think, the forever rock like yeah that is phenomenal yeah it's such a it was such a good song i was like yep that's it so yeah we toured we toured with job back in 2012 and uh yeah it was it was a really weird tour it was it was super weird because it was called the end of the world tour so it was like job for cowboy and then cephalic carnage was oh. direct support and cephalic carnage are from denver where we're right. allegiance out of and it was really funny because we didn't like we knew each other and we knew you know obviously we knew of each other but we hadn't really we played like a festival but like on different days or whatever <laughs> and we haven't but it was it was really interesting because the the run was so like it was an awkward run because it was a genre mixed uh tour so I'm trying to think who else it was oh the band i declare war was on it i i think I'm pretty sure they're still around and doing well and then there was another band called legion that opened and they were like really deathcore, so it was it was just really like at the time like the genre mixing tours did not do well. They do, I think they do really really well today, but back in 2012 they did not do well. And I remember Job for a Cowboy hadn't put out uh, they hadn't put out the Sun Eater yet. Okay. Right. So they had just made the turn from being deathcore to death metal, right? And then Fall of Carnage obviously is like hydro grind death metal, and then a legion, yes. whatever the hell we are, mellow tech. Just fantastic. That's what a legion is. Oh, oh I like you, Black Screen. Um, <laughs> Listen, when Fragments of Form and Function first came out, my best friend, the guy who wrote the thing initially. He just like, like me and him were in the Marines together. He's from Oregon. I'm from New York. Came friends in the Marine. Like he got me a job after the Marine Corps. This job that I'm still doing that he's not because he wanted to start a family. <laughs> I, so, I, I wish I could see the, the facial cues for that because just coming out from a black screen, it sounded so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard wanted to start, start a family. family. <laughs> but anyways, he just like he's just like, dude, you gotta check out this album. Pops that in. We listened to the whole thing while working and like put it on again. That was amazing. Oh, dude, that's, like, that's cool. That's 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 really good to hear. Been a it fan was, ever since. Seems so long ago. I know that, that Frags came out. It's hard to even remember. It was so many members ago, too. Like, <laughs> I was actually looking at that. I was just like looking at the current lineup, and I was looking at like you know all the other lineups. I'm like, like I still think the funniest thing from one of the videos 
was in the one, I think it was the 1.618 video when the old bass player, Corey, goes, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? This is why they call us Alec Gayon, and I just died. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's so funny. We're I think we're going to try to get Corey to cameo for our next album. Yes. He's going to come in and do a video and just be like, I'm glad I got out of this piece of shit band or something like that. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, because now, now with Ez, now that we got Ez back, I think we're gonna we're gonna go back and and have a little bit of fun again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I like I liked that you brought in. I like the guy you brought in after Ezra. Yeah. Fucking blanking. Yeah. I'm blanking right. on his name right now because I'm an idiot. Yeah, right. But yeah. I liked what he did. Yeah. Like I really liked um, proponent for sentience. Like I liked his vocals on there. I liked apoptosis. I don't know why Damnum didn't do anything for me. Damn, dude, the thing I don't I know. Damnum is, was, is so COVID. It, oh, it's, that's it's. It was like such a reaction to to COVID. That's like, like people people either love it or they kind of just like it's kind of weird for them. And, I, and I'm yeah. just like, COVID played such a big part in that album like we had a whole bunch of people kill themselves like in our immediate like so like, it was just it was such a weird time that like when we were writing that album there was so much weird shit the world was weird right yeah and that album really reflects that time of just like things are weird it's like do we you know it was kind of like do we sing about science uh, i it just seemed like such a weird, it, it, it was weird. Like, that's all I can say. I was like, I, I think I really enjoy the album, but knowing it's di- it's very different because, but like thinking back to the time, it was such a snapshot of like what was going on, not only just like in our lives, but the world at that point, you know, that it yes. was like, Obviously, it had a huge impact upon us personally, and it's reflected in kind of in the music a little bit. So that makes sense. I, that makes me yeah. feel better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally, I totally get. It, it was, it was a a a strange album to do, but one that I think a lot of people really appreciated. So it was like really good in that case. I think there's a lot of th- therapeutic stuff on that album too, with us like dealing with grief in kind of an artistic way. Because you know, being musicians, sometimes we're not that good with words. <laughs> um, I come from the military side of things, where it's like, hey. You have feelings about something? Well, here's a straw. You can suck it the fuck up, buddy. Yeah. Get back to yeah, work. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, you come out and I I personally don't think I have a lot of problems, but there are guys that do where it's just like, you got to like pull them aside and like give them like, bro, it's okay. Like, you can tell me what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's just a, like so many, just a weird time, but here, but on the other side of it, here we are. Yes. I must say, I think overall, I didn't have a bad COVID. Really? That's yeah, good. Mine, That's really you know, good. Mine was like, I stayed busy for work, and 
picked up a new hobby because there was a rock climbing facility by the site I was working at in New Jersey. And I don't know, I just went to work. That's cool. I, it was weird for me. Like I, uh, it canceled, obviously it canceled all our touring plans, which yeah. in hindsight was probably really good. Cause I think we were pretty burnt out. We were like, mm -hmm. we were road dogging it pretty hard. And I like, I remember we had a tour. It was going to be a great tour. Uh, Fallujah was, was supporting us. I was like, who was supporting us on that? It was like, uh, Entheos, Fallujah, we're supporting a legion and then I'm trying to think a from Jersey, actually they, they were opening and it was nice. going to be a great tour. It was going to be a great tour, but I will not lie. When that got canceled, I was kind of like, Oh, good. Cause I, I think I needed a break, man. Like I was so tired. Um, I was like, Oh, this feels, feels good. I did get trapped in Canada though. I think they closed Damn. the border on me and I was, I was here for three months, uh, which was, which was, was great. I got trapped with my, my, well, my wife now, but she was just my girlfriend at the time. And then, uh, never be trapped with. Yeah, no, it, it was actually great because I think it was like, Oh, we could tell this. Will, this is sick. This is awesome. We could totally, this will like, yeah, living together. It's no problem. We get along great. So yeah, it was, that was really good. I mean, we like, like hell happened at home and that, you know, obviously, you know, when yep. you get back, you have to deal with, uh, but I mean, those lots of, it was balanced for me, like the worst of the worst and the best of the best, I think, but. Yeah, I know what that's like. It was, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It was just one of those like. Well, I still get to go to work. I know other people don't, but I do. I work from home. So like I since I teach guitar, I I had no time off. I was just but I, I will actually say because I didn't have to go on tour and I just got to work, it was like phenomenal for my bank account. <laughs> oh fuck yeah. Oh, I don't have to go live in a van like and take an unpaid vacation. <laughs> Or like, to, like, it's not a vacation. I'm working every day, playing. Yeah. Like, I don't have to take a huge pay cut, you know. So that was. I mean, trust me, I got it. Traveling for work, and people are like, "Oh man, you travel for work? That's so cool." I'm like, "Yeah. Uh, would you like to see some of the places I've been?" <laughs> I I like touring, but. It does, it does, it takes, it's, I like, I like going to places. Like, I love New York, right? I, I love- The city or the state? Both, actually. Okay. I love New York City. Parking is a fucking nightmare, but- Yes, I is. love playing New York City. I'm like, every time I get there, I'm like, prepare your pizza. I'm about to empty the city. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, also, I'm 100% behind that policy. Yeah, dude. I, I, I'm like, oh, I was like, look on the schedule and to see when where New York City is, and then I'm like, okay. So if I fast that morning, <laughs> I can pack more away by the time we leave. And then it's it's we always have that thing where it's like sometimes we like to you know 
if, if you don't have a far drive on the East Coast, it's like all the shows are close, but it's horrible because like there's nowhere to go to the bathroom, right? In New York City, right? You're in the so it's like, am I going to pee in an alley? Which is like, I don't want to do that because that's just like, that's one unlucky stop away from getting like a sex offender ticket. Yeah, because that is one in New York State, right? So then, so what? Usually, like you now, what we'll do is if people are going to go party, as soon as they get back to the van, I drive us to Jersey and then go and like go on the turnpike and then. There's a rest stop for to yeah. sleep, so that's cool. so it's like ah, okay, you know. Now that I'm in my mid forties and I have to get up eighty times a night to piss, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still allowed within a certain radius of schools, you know. Like, <laughs> um, yes. Um, so that that's you know as a it's what a horrible thing. Like I couldn't imagine. Like I just had to go. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> but now, uh, but this is a bad train of thought. We changed the subject. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to, we can talk about wet ass plutonium. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't talk much about it. I, I literally just, you know, I help. I help out Donnie by going to grab Big Macs. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he requests them, which is all the time, changes strings. Basically, I'm a, I'm a executive assistant. So <laughs> that, that when he's like, since you're a music teacher and Donnie's assistant to guitar, did you teach? Did you teach him guitar? I I can't. I I would. <laughs> you can neither confirm nor deny. I can't, dude. The, the amount of forms I have to sign. God damn it! I can't. I can't can't talk about it but i was really they, hoping that they were gonna they, do like a cover of wet ass pussy with like words about nuclear arms deals about wet ass plutonium and shit they, like they uh, should they have to at some point i know they were trying to do a cover of uh tears for fears everybody that everybody wants to rule the world <laughs> sweet they were trying to do that and they were in talks with devin townsend but devin <gasps> Devin got, he's just like, he was kind of interested, but at the same time, Devin doesn't like to do guest features where he has to do vocals. Like, if he gets to play guitar, I think he's okay. But I I think he was, I was just like, the only reason he'd want to do is the comedic aspect of how just silly it is. Yes. But I I think, you know, talking to his management, I could tell, I I had a feeling he didn't want to do it. (laughs) <laughs> you know what fine. I'd love it's just like for him to do, but I know he's not going to do again, is uh, Strapping? do a tour of Ziltoid. Oh, that Dark Horse. I literally thought you were going to see Strapping. I mean, that was good, too. But the, so I came on to Ziltoid like years after it happened, and then I found the video of him playing it live at the Royal Albert Hall, where like he did the entire Z2 with like the people dancing and the backup lady singer. I forgot her yeah. name too. And I'm like, that looks so fantastic. I'm sad I missed it. Prefer, it was like a whole tour. Did you prefer Z1 or Z2? <sighs> Z1 got me hooked, but Z2 I think was a better story and instrumentals and vocals throughout because 
He had the operatic singer lady. Captain Fantastic's character, I think, was built better. Uh, Yeah, I think overall Z2 was better. Really? That's crazy to me because I think Z2 is is so nothing compared to Z1. (laughs) I mean... It's so much fun. They're both fun. The production on Z2 is outrageously awesome. Yeah. But I kind of feel like the songs are just not there. Z1... Really? March of the Poosers doesn't do it for you? I mean, it's okay. But it it sounds, to me... Devin Townsend, I love Devin Townsend. But I think a lot of times he he overextends himself. Yeah, and he admits that. And I know he does. And but like the when those two albums sounded like it's like to me, it was like there was like it there was just not enough material good, like great material. I felt like most of the songs on there he could have left on the cutting room floor. Huh. Yeah. And I you know, and you know, his body of work speaks for itself. I mean, he's got so many amazing songs. But I also know his work ethic, and I feel like he did himself a disservice. <laughs> so, if I had half of his work ethic, really un like uh, not an unpo- That's probably a very unpopular opinion. But is there a such thing as a popular opinion when it comes to Devin Townsend, though? Yeah, he's awesome. I think that's I think, the only one. That, like that's the popular opinion. We all love Devin. <laughs> How could you not? He even made a song called Love. Yeah. About Which dysfunction. Is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's one of the best songs in the world. You know what I, I love about that? The, even the video is like a play on uh, Evil Dead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was fantastic. I love that. Speaking of the Evil Dead, one of the coolest Evil Dead things I've ever seen. The Evil Dead musical. Tell me more. Uh, So my ex-wife found it in Cleveland, of all places. She's like, hey, there's a musical touring, and I think we should go see it. And I'm like, I don't want to go see a musical. She's like, it's the Evil Dead. I'm like, I'm in. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Uh, How was, how, like, the music was? The music was good. Was it straight up like it's a musical? Yeah, because it was that... straight up like a musical, but it was like really good. It was the Evil Dead, like it was the Evil Dead storyline and all that. They like yeah. they didn't crudely throw in music, like they put musical parts into there. Like when the uh, the, the the vines come and like rape the lady. Yeah. Like in my head, I was singing the Black Dahlia Murders, raped and hatred by vines of thorn, but. Yeah. Like they were singing something else, but I was singing that in my head because it just popped in and I couldn't stop myself. Right. Uh, And, you know, who can blame me? But the entire thing, I must say, it was fantastic and fascinating. And the first two rows, which I did not get to sit into, were called the splatter zone. So they had like blood splatter, like a guar show. And I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. I, the best musical I ever went to was We Will Rock You. And it was, like I went to see it in London, which was oh. cool, but it was like Brian May p- was there and he played the guitar, 
Continue. Right. And then it was actually written uh, with Ben Ellis or uh, Ben. No, not Ben Ellis. I love Ben Ellis. He's a guitar player. Not who am I trying to think of? Oh, try. I can't remember. But like he wrote a whole bunch of British comedies like The Young Ones and stuff like that. And even even Nigel, who uh, who was in the the young ones tv show was in uh in the musical that day so i was i was like i was so stoked it was like all queen's music obviously so get to hear that but then a member of queen playing it and then like my fit one of my favorite like comedy writers wrote the whole thing with like you know guys from my one of my favorite british television shows in the music it was fantastic it was sick it was yeah. really cool in london OS, so it, was, it felt felt ultra special that does make it ultra special did they have good snacks sorry did they have good snacks i don't they had a champagne bar wow I guess that's normal for fancy places, though. Champagne and singing Queen. Okay, that's just pretty cool. I mean, I don't even really like champagne, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I don't drink, so I didn't partake. But I thought that was neat, like champagne bar and Queen. It had. It you had don't hear those things hand in hand often, yeah. ever. Yeah. Man, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'd like to see that too. I don't know if I'd go all the way to England for it, but... Yeah. I definitely would. Definitely watch it. I don't even know. How's that... I I will look it up. I want to know if that's played on this side of the pond. Because I don't think I've ever seen it in the States. Hold on, I'm looking it up for you. Jukebox musical based on the thing of Queen. Da, da, da. UK, Australia, Asia, Spain, Las Vegas, and North American tours and Broadway. Oh, okay. So Resident production at the Paris Las Vegas Hotel in Vegas. Began for August two thousand four. Okay, so it's probably long gone. On October twenty third, fifteen October twenty thirteen, a North American tour began in Maryland, and then it was a very long time ago that I did see this. <laughs> New York City, they played twenty nineteen on Broadway. Okay. Well. It's worth it's worth the show. Who knows? Maybe it'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Drag my oh, friend yeah. and his wife to that. If you like Queen, it's a good it's a it's a fun story. With all the music. I like a bunch of random eighties things, not just Queen, so you know, eighties thrash, eighties sports cars. Did you yeah. live through the eighties? 
I was born in the 80s. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. 85, I mean. Okay. The, yeah, but no. Yeah. The, year, the year of Marty McFly. <laughs> yes, that, that was. I, I remember 85 vividly. <laughs> vividly? How old are you? I dude, I was born in seventy eight. Okay, so you are about. I, I was old enough to remember it vividly. <laughs> you are about my sister's age, so there you go. Yeah, I'm the youngest of four, so they class me up into everything else. They're just like, yeah, you already know. Don't worry. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Were your parents like all burnt out by the time you rolled through? Um, so they were really strict with my two oldest siblings, which is my oldest brother and my sister. And then my brother, who's two years older than me, was an absolute hellion. And, you know, I basically took the philosophy of I'm not going to sneak around. At this point, my dad was gone. Um, and my mom was, you know, working nights and just trying to, like, not let us kill ourselves. And I'm just like, told her blatantly what I planned on doing. She thought I was joking and it was funny. And she laughed about it because I just, you know, made everything a joke in my life. And so I used that to my advantage. And then one day she caught on that I was not joking. (laughs) Well, you were honest, right? So she she couldn't have been upset at that. She wasn't as mad as I thought she was going to be. Dude, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I just so, I always I always imagine when you when you have like a lot of older siblings, they 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 get burnt out, and then the youngest ones get away with murder. But according to my sister, yes, she's like yeah. you got away with things that we would never even be close to getting away with. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. Thanks for laying the groundwork for me. Yeah, I know. Thanks. You know, that's great. Yeah. I don't know. I had fun. <laughs> but also, they, my oldest brother, uh, much like he was really good at guitar, um, it's actually why uh, a lot of like the Spanish guitar playing parts in your guys' music, like that's why they fucking hit for me because oh, cool. he played like Spanish guitar in Megadeth and Slayer. Ah. So, like, that's what I was raised on. I was just like, listening to that at a young age, someone yeah. else playing it and going, it's really cool. Same. <laughs> Same. Exactly. Yeah. And Talk so guitar lessons and then 80s thrash. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. 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 And then my sister got me into like industrial, like ministry and nine inch nails. Yeah. So What's like, your favorite yeah. Ministry album? Uh, so I'm 69. It, good. That album is is great. I would also accept the mind is a terrible thing to taste, but so I also really like the ones he did, uh, probably around two thousand five to two thousand eight. That trilogy of uh, uh, Rio Grande Blood, uh, Houses of the Mole, I think was one, and there was another. Fuck, what is it? But they were all about like anti-Bush, the Iraq War, and uh, just basically 9-11, like stuff like that. Because okay. 
basically Al got uh, sober and super political around that time, and then but also started making really good music again. Dude, that's cool. I like. I honestly hadn't listened to anything that he did after Psalm sixty nine. I don't. Yeah, not, I didn't I, either. It's not that I just didn't like it. It was just I. I don't know. It was there's so much music in the world you can't always keep up. But then I heard. Yeah. I did hear one of the later stuff that he did. Like, did he put out? Did he put out an album like twenty fourteen or something like that? I think he put one out within the last five years too. Yeah, and I and I heard that, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" It was like really mm -hmm. good. So, yeah, Rio Grande Blood. That one's a really good one. Okay, I, I'm going to check that out. I literally, we were just out for New Year's here at the Metal Bar in Ottawa, and then uh, they played uh, Jesus Built My Hot Rod. And I was, it's such a great song. Yeah, it is a great song. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't heard this song in forever. <laughs> yeah, I just, that's one of those ones where you can, when your friends are in the know, you can just randomly start saying the words to it to them, and like no one else knows what you're talking about. You're like, ding, ding, dang, dang, long <laughs> What the fuck are you guys doing? We're like, ain't my fault. You're not cool. Yeah, I mean, if you weren't there, you weren't there. Yeah, no, that oh, it's so good. Now I want to listen to that. Damn it! <laughs> I got myself all hyped up on Gojira and Lamb of God for this. Now I want to listen to Ministry. There you go. It's a, it's a weird world. But it's also a really awesome world. Has its It has its perks. Yeah. It really does. So I saw on your guys' Instagram that you want to see everyone on tour this year. What is that supposed to mean? Is this a big announcement I'm not allowed to know yet? Because I'm super excited by those words. We're we're, say that again? So your guys' Instagram for a legion, mm -hmm. it said, we can't wait to see you all on tour this year. When's the announcement for that coming? Dude, we're waiting. We're, we're uh, waiting. It's, uh, it's, it's supposed to happen in uh, April and May. And, uh, sweet. It's, we will be opening. So it's like very Damn it. That's not enough time. I, well, yeah, I mean, it's not. But the fact that we're opening means that it's, a pretty big tour at least for us so i'm that's I, a good I'm point super, i didn't think of that yeah i'm super excited i'm hoping i'm hoping it goes through i'm like i'm every everybody and their mother is out during this time so mm -hmm. i'm hoping like i'm really hoping uh things go the way we're hoping they're gonna go because all right well if you come to buffalo cleveland or pittsburgh i'll go hell yeah hell yeah well i think that definitely one of those is on the routing that i've seen they usually are yeah. Buffalo hasn't been the last couple of years, but Dying Fetus is coming to Buffalo in April. Pretty sure it's Dying Fetus. I'm trying to because I I know Allegiance played Buffalo a handful of times. Actually, I remember one we played that end of the world tour with Job for Cowboy. I remember yeah we played Buffalo. I remember it like the back of my hand because it, I think it might have been the last show of the tour, and literally it was so fucking cold. <laughs> it didn't have heat like in the building and i was just that like, sounds like that. and i'm trying to warm up and i have like gloves on 
<laughs> like behind the stage. There wasn't a green room. There was just like this concrete hallway, like behind the stage. And I remember Tony from job walked by and he said something and Tony's like a huge monster of a man looks like he could eat me <laughs> right <laughs> and uh I yeah that was that and I remember that because it was the first time I talked to Tony that definitely wasn't the last show the last show was in Maryland okay but I remember because it was so cold but it was the first time I talked to Tony and it was such a short tour that we didn't really get to hang we didn't like got to break we didn't really get to buddy with any of the bands because it was so short so by the end of the tour it was like we were just getting to know one another and uh yeah it was kind of it was kind of a bum bummer but what that theater was, was that in buffalo that was 2012 yeah what uh, theater was that at in buffalo i, I don't remember was it shades it was a cool venue i remember it was a cool venue because it looked like it, the club had so much charisma, right? It mm -hmm. looked like a hole in the wall. Like, now nah, that probably wouldn't have been Mohawk Place then. A cool venue to play metal in. Like, I don't, yeah. it, because it had, it had the vibe of like, I will do well here. This will be a good show. And it was. It was good <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, God, it was so cold. I I remember that tour like between Buffalo and playing Worcester, Massachusetts. I don't think I'd ever been that cold. I lived in Anchorage for a while, but Massachusetts and Buffalo on that tour. The thing they don't tell you is that Buffalo is just as windy or more windy than Chicago. Yeah. Because it's right on that end of the Great Lake, Lake Erie. Yeah. And the jet stream comes straight across Lake Erie, nothing fucking stopping it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I just, that was the way I just remember, yeah. like, sitting there trying to warm up and going, fuck it. And then just started doing sit-ups just to keep blood, like, moving in my body. Yes, I've been there. Yeah. Just like, I don't, I don't know how we're going to play, but, you know. But just move. And I, I remember just yelling at Corey, forcing him to run up the steps. I was like, go! <laughs> We're going to die! Just go! Just go! There's like hitting him in the back. <laughs> I'm starting to understand why he, he left the band now. Uh, Corey, well, Corey wanted to... I'm joking. Oh. You're sad he left the band? You're joking he left the band? No, I'm understanding why he left the band. By the way, I'm joking. Just want you to know. Oh, no, he just he wanted to be. Uh, it's so funny. Like he, his time at Allegiant was so educational in how people can take advantage of artists. That he was like, I'm going to go into entertainment law. So he quit Allegiant to become a lawyer, to be an really? Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. So I and I was like, so you're going to represent us for free. Right, and he's like, "Fuck no, you're gonna pay." Me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then I don't know. I like I talked to him not too long ago, but uh, yeah, I think he's still working on on law school stuff. So nice, good for him. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was it was cool to like he found his what he thought he was meant to do in Allegiant. If it's not playing music, it's good that he got that path, you know. So. Okay, it was sad to see him go, but 
It was like at least good for you. left on such good, like positive terms, you know. Well, now you can like say things the way I say things about my best friend. He wanted to go be a lawyer. He wanted to go be a lawyer. Who wants to be a lawyer? <laughs> uh, people that like to argue. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Was, uh, some people that'd be great at it, though. He, he could, could charm. He, he was one of the most complainy, charismatic guys I've ever met. Usually people, if they complain all the time, they wear you down. He would just like yes. complain and completely make you crack up. Yeah. <laughs> he was just so miserable all the time, and it was hilarious. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I need more people like that in my life. Yeah. People that I have that complain just complain, and it's not even fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm probably guilty of that. I probably, I, I know I've seen it. I'm like, ah, get self-improvement, self-improvement. This is one of the things I need to work on. Stop being so negative. It's fine. <laughs> hmm. yeah, I feel like I could do that too, but also I have a, a problem that some people have described as, uh, uh, no matter what's happening, I'm going to go, yeah, but at least it's not doing this. Oh, right. See, but I think that's a good trait, right? It is. Yeah. But it can be annoying to very pessimistic people. You know what? At least I'm not being stabbed right now. This this is true. And if you're comparing this conversation to being stabbed, I'm doing good or not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know. As soon as I said that, I was like, well, that was not. That sounded like you were putting down what we were doing, but no. Yeah, but also, uh, I've said I've had worse things said to me. No, oh, yeah, but I wasn't. It was completely. I know. Bad. It's all love here, my man. It's all love yeah. here. I don't give a shit. Okay. Well, so uh, I, I'm probably gonna have to get rolling here. You know, in a all second. right. Sounds good. Well, hey, thank you for coming on and letting me waste an hour and 15 minutes of your time. And uh, if you ever... It's it's entertainment to people watching. Oh, definitely will be. Yeah. yeah. And the real test is it's going to be educational and informative. That's right. How many those are our... die a year by cow attacks? That's right. And if people don't understand the plight of the Canadian cow farmer, then we've really failed here today. That's right. That's that's the takeaway from this talk. I mean, all they got to live for is Labatt Blue, maybe Molson Canadian if they live in Quebec, and <laughs> swearing at those six teams that haven't won a Stanley Cup and keep losing them to Tampa. <laughs> uh, Tabernak. Fuck. <laughs> All right, you're welcome back anytime, my man. I'll talk to you later. Bye.